Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now when you use code DNVR all throughout the NBA Finals, you know that a $5 bet is guaranteed to get you $100 in free bets all throughout the final. Hopefully, by the point in which you're listening to this, that code doesn't necessarily work because the Avs have won the Stanley Cup. We did it! Or we're going to Game 7 and we're going to do it! Either way... Use code DNVR when you sign up to DraftKings Sportsbook. They always have some great special offers for you. And we'll have some new ones, obviously, all throughout the rest of June, July, you name it. But speaking of names, I'm Patrick Lyons. I am Susie Hunter. And Patrick, this was a frustrating weekend for the Rockies just all around. You mispronounced season. You said series. But I did think I did I say series? I meant season. I meant lifetime. <laughs> Certainly was. Uh, they do drop two of three to the Minnesota Twins and fall to thirty-one and forty-two. But of course, we've got some news on Chris Bryant and whether or not he'll actually return. We'll play some games as we typically like to do to have some fun, keep it light, let you know about a certain team related to the Rockies who's had a lot of success and has not been frustrating. At all, but we should start with Sunday's game. Colorado Rockies drop two games in a row. They're second in this series to Minnesota. 6-3. Get a lot of hits, which you couldn't have said that about Saturday night. They get 12 to Minnesota's 10, but ultimately left far too many men on base as they drop this tiebreaker, unfortunately, this rubber match. Yeah, heading into this game on Sunday, Colorado had left 520 men on base through 72 games. Did we count how many were left on on Sunday? I know at one point there was 10, and then at that point my abacus blew up because it just it couldn't keep track. <laughs> it overheated. It, it overheated. It eventually <laughs> ended up being 11 runners left on base, which, again— not great overall, especially when you look through 73 games uh, of any season. The only time that this doesn't work, too, when we try to crunch the numbers historically is 2020 because they only played 60. But ultimately, this is, you know, one of the worst showings overall as far as, you know, leaving those guys on base, those boys on base, uh, as they are referred to, of yeah. course, colloquially all throughout the baseball world, not just here in Colorado or on our Twitter account, but just all throughout the world. Everywhere. Everyone calls them boys on base. I love that. I I, I do love that. I mean, you, you got to find something positive. I think the most frustrating spot was when they, they weren't 
too far out. You know, this this game wasn't out of reach at any point. Uh, they did open the game up with a run early on to get that lead. That looked nice. Then Feltner coughed up three in the bottom of the first, two more in the second. We'll talk about his performance and whether or not he comes out of the rotation now and has Gomber done enough to come back in. And even if he has, look, do you want to really – hurt a young guy's confidence in Feltner. It, was this just a, a two-start tryout? We'll, we'll get to that briefly. But ultimately, it's it's 5-3 to three in the sixth inning, and they load the bases on Caleb Thielbar, who had a 6-plus ERA going into this outing. And nothing happened after that. No outs, bases loaded. Yeah, that was the most frustrating thing. And you really did expect C.J. Crone to do something big. We're like, okay, we're at two outs now. What's going to happen? Where's our home run leader? Let's go. And to see nothing happen after just a real season of boys abandoned on base was very frustrating. They were frustrated, too. The guys, you could tell they were so frustrated. There, def- there definitely was a lot of that. And as you point out, Crone was up there with two outs. But even before him... Charlie Blackman with mm-hmm. one out. Jonathan Daza was uh, made the first out of that inning. So Tealbar ends up going and, and gets the first two before Emilio Pagan finishes the job. And right there you go. Uh, that was kind of the game. And and right after that, you're right. That's where you saw Jonathan Daza slam his bat down. Uh, he, he's prone to be frustrated at times when, when things uh, aren't going well for him in the club. Mm-hmm. Austin Gomber wasn't a big fan of, of getting removed uh, there in the middle of the seventh inning. And so... You know, I think frustrations are high in general. They're now 11 games under 500. That's a, a low water mark for this season. And look, we've we've got a couple weeks here, uh, about three weeks until the trade deadline. And already, oh, excuse me, not the trade deadline. Three weeks <laughs> until the All Star break. Okay. <laughs> and uh, and about five weeks until the trade deadline, the August second trade deadline. And it's very much a matter of. This the season comes down to this, you know. It, it the Wednesday or the Thursday game against Miami. I said Kyle Freeland. This is a must-win game. You got to go out there and shove. And he pitched really, really well. Unfortunately, the Rockies did not get the win. And so, this the season is coming down to this. There's going to come a point in which, you know, despite the fact that they might not do anything at the trade deadline, we've got a month to speculate whether or not they will or not. But if they hold tight at the trade deadline and are, you know seven, maybe even six games or more out of the final wildcard place, you're almost hurting yourself in the future just to maybe make it look a little bit better in the end. Because at a certain point, if if you miss out on the wild card and you miss it miss out on the wild card by six games at the end of the season on October sixth, uh whenever it finally winds up, no, I think it'll be I don't know, October 8th. They added some games to the end. No, it was October 5th. But anyway, if you're five games out, it doesn't matter if you're five games out or if you're 35 games out. You didn't make the postseason. But what does matter is that draft pick the next year, and five games out, you don't get as good of a pick as you do when you're 35 games out. So uh, these are some of the questions that are going to have to be answered, and and a lot of the, the play on the field will do that answering. And maybe, just maybe, that on-play action is going to change with some news that ended up breaking on, on Sunday just before the game. We had hoped the Rockies were going to get a returning player from the IL. No, not Tyler Kinley, not Ty Block, someone a little bit a little bit more important to the club than that. But they did get some positive news to suggest maybe, just maybe, when you come out to the ballpark against the Dodgers with a 641st pitch, 
you're going to like who's in the starting lineup. Is that right, Susie? Yeah, so word is that Chris Bryant is coming back to Colorado. He's not off of the IL yet, at least last time I checked. But that's a big step is him coming back to the state, coming back to Coors Field. So we'll see what's happening there. It's a step in the right direction. But good to see that his uh, rehab assignment has been completed. Yeah, got to got to play it for a week in his uh, hometown of Las Vegas. So that's yeah. kind of nice and convenient. So yeah, he'll, he'll be convenient. Back. Yes, <laughs> he'll be back, and you gotta hope he's available for something there, right? If if not, uh, the questions are are going to be a lot more plentiful because. It, it just seems to be a bit confusing what's happening or at least how it's being handled. So at a certain point, you get a benefit of the doubt, and then it gets to an area of not conspiracy theory time, perhaps, right? Uh, you know what? If he ends up on another rehab assignment in Vegas or in Utah or in another one of those places that he has said that he loves, and we like, okay, are you a big faker right now? <laughs> Getting a little sus. A little sus. The, what, here's an interesting question because we did talk about this last week. I wonder if, you know, Albuquerque was playing Tacoma or something like that, right, in Washington State. Would Chris Bryant have been shipped out to New Jersey to play for the Yard Goats and say, hey, you know what, Yankees? You want to go ahead and throw Aroldis Chapman out into the mix when we've got an Eastern League title, you know, on the, on the, on deck here? Well, then we're, we're going to make it fair and send out Chris Bryant. That, that would have been interesting. I would have loved that <laughs> if they sent Chris Bryant in to help the Yargoats win that first half, which, of course, they did not. They just barely missed it, which is so disappointing for them. They were so close. They were right there. But that would have been amazing. That would have been just like such a power move. I like that we were able to organically get to that bit of of bad news, Anthony Volpe, big shortstop prospect for the Yankees, walk off Homer to clinch the first half for the Patriots over the Yard Goats. Came so close, they just needed to win. I think four of their uh, of the their last seven games could not get it done. They only won three, so that was unfortunate. But we're leading with the bad news so that we can get to the good news about a Rockies affiliate here in just a little bit. Look, if we're talking about good news. Let's maybe gloss over for the time being about Saturday nights. One hitter, the, the 23rd time they've been one hit, 26th time that they've been held to one hit or less, the three. The difference in numbers there, of course, being the no-hitters that have been pitched against the Colorado Rockies. Al Leiter and Hideo Nomo both did it on separate occasions back in 1996. Nomo, of course, did it at Coors, and Clayton Kershaw did it in 2014. We'll gloss over that and talk about the fantastic game on Friday night, gloss over the, the Avs game, but focus on the Rockies part of the game. A lot of different aspects that you could have said, hey, this was my favorite part. For you, Susie, what was your favorite part in, in Friday's game? There's no um, wrong answers either, either. You know what? I mean, there's so much to go with. It was such a quick game. But also, um, I mean, it was the one Colorado team that won on Friday night. So I liked that. And even though it wasn't the you know, most highest scoring game of all time. Wasn't anything crazy, but a win's a win. And I feel like the Rockies needed it. Yeah, no, they definitely did a nice three hit performance by Herman Marquez and Daniel Bard closing it out. But Marquez had a no hitter going into the fifth. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I point that out very specifically simply because after that hit in the fifth, I believe it was by Ryan Jeffers, they went back and retroactively marked an error, a hit. And I don't know if the scorekeeper was like, oh, Marquez has got no hit stuff. That was a borderline play. We'll error, we'll err on the side of an error to keep the no hitter alive. And then once Jeffers had his double, they're like, yeah, no, that, that actually was a hit. So we're going to go ahead. And so out of nowhere, he went from zero hits to two hits, but there was only one runner on base. So if you were trying to keep track of that game, just through the box score while you were watching Avs game five, you were probably really confused, but bottom line is you, you were able to focus and, and shift your attention back on the Avs because you're right. I don't, there were a lot of people that were probably paying attention to the Rockies, uh, on that night. And the fact that they got the game over so quickly, two hours and 17 minutes. That is that's great. That's crazy. That's like Albuquerque timing right there. That's nice. Yeah. I mean, it, it I, I really wonder how much differently the game of baseball would be viewed if the games were closer to that. Now, obviously it was, it was a, a one nothing game, which is is somewhat of a rarity. I believe there's only been 111 three hit games by Rockies pitching. They're 94 and 17 all time when giving up three hits makes sense. They should be able to win uh, when that happens. Uh, their last three hitter actually earlier this year, uh, game one uh, of a doubleheader in San Diego. They actually lost that game. Uh, again, very rare, but not as not a lot of action as you pointed out with it being a one nothing game, but that's okay. I mean, it, it, it got done. If you win the game, you feel good about it. There's some buzz. You get excited about, again, the win and, and those good things. You can focus on that rather than, huh, the offense could only scratch together one run. But if it's a loss, you go, well, that was quick and painless. You can move on to bigger and better things. Again, if, if you're a Minnesota fan, it's not a lot of bigger and better things because you still have to root for the wild. Sorry about that. But nevertheless, <laughs> quick games are good. Yes, and that was that it. was a fast one. That was a, have you ranked how fast or where where does that rank on how fast games have been this season? That wasn't a good sentence, but I feel like you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> it made perfect <laughs> sense, and yes, it was. I rank that as one of the worst sentences you made, but. <laughs> I understood it with 100% clarity. So it was, it was 10 out of 10 in understanding what the heck you were saying there. Yes, I did Thank consult you. a spreadsheet, which which I made. It was actually the fastest game this year by one inning. They did have a two-hour and 18-game uh, contest. Now, I, I, I've got a couple tabs on this where I have a spreadsheet of every single game that just has history of the wins and losses, all that jazz. And the 2020 season has skewed some things even 2021, because they had those seven-inning doubleheaders. So oh. s- there's been a ton of the seven-inning doubleheaders that have actually kind of skewed some of the data. So you almost have to parse through that and say, ah, all right, we're just going to look at the nine-inning game. So it's not a not a ton of games to wipe away. But nevertheless, when you do that, it's still really short. They've played a couple games under two hours, like even in the 90s, which is crazy to think about. So that that was one of the the quickest games uh definitely no complaints when it comes to that yeah you know it's a nice little change of pace to say the least that's it and if you need a change of pace oh and and you need some efficiency you gotta (laughs) head down to the dnvr bar our guy the oso blanco in the chat heating it up thank you watching on youtube on the dnvr sports channel you know that well look 
We're not going to be open much longer in the current time being. We're only open for the Stanley Cup Final right now. It is currently popping off as we record this on Sunday. I think we had a line around the block. I know we had a line around the block. An hour and a half before the doors open, there's Allie giving us a view. Packed house, standing room only, riot free. Again, that might be the most important thing. We, we probably should should advertise that. That's key. It is riot free. It gets a little excited in there, but That's there are it. no riots. Plenty of Ryans. Plenty of Ryans. So many there. Ryans. That's the good thing Lots. that we like. But four and a half hours <laughs> before puck drop, it's popping off. So if there happens to be a game seven, as frustrating as that might be, the good thing is we've got your back down at the DNVR bar on the corner of Colfax, New York. And if you're a member, you know that you get that member size beer, extra raffle tickets at the watch parties, access to the members only discord. And in no time, we'll be back up and running more frequently, seven days a week, all throughout the, the afternoon for watching Rockies and Rapids getting into rapid season now's the time to kind of tap back in football season will be going and of course when you subscribe to the dnvr.com for only 50 cents for your first month you get all the great coverage all the great written coverage from folks like zach stevens ryan koningsberg on the Broncos side nuggets harrison win adam mares the hockey guys i don't need to tell you about them because you're already following jesse montano aj hayfley nathan rudolph you name it they're crushing it over there our homegirl megan angley look the whole team is doing it right now at the dnvr.com. So be a part of it. Become a member today. You can also be someone who's tapping into DraftKings Sportsbook when you use code DNVR because whether or not the Stanley Cup is still going on or not by the time you listen to this, know that DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the Stanley Cup final, has got some can't-miss offers for the most exciting series in sports and the most exciting sports in the world. Yes, you can even bet on Russian ping pong. I bet on a lot of that during the pandemic in 2020. Right now, use code DNVR at sign up. And if we still got game seven going on, a $5 bet on the Stanley Cup final game seven is going to be $100 in free bets back for you, win or lose, doesn't matter. But what's guaranteed to be there for you is those same game parlays where you combine multiple bets in the same game and Look, if it doesn't play out for you, that's okay. They still might give you a payout if two of those three legs land. It's just a fantastic way to keep some skin in the game. So right now, download DraftKings Sportsbook app now. And use promo code DNVR for some super special offers. Of course, must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-522. 4700. And when it comes to the DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week, I got to let you know that right now the Seattle Mariners are about to get super hot, scorching hot. They're going to play some meaningful games this September. Right now, they're just outside of the final wildcard spot, a few games under 500. Maybe they're just a slightly younger version of the Colorado Rockies that you might be a little bit more excited about. But bottom line is, they're about to get scorching hot. My DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week. Take the Mariners over the Orioles, minus one and a half runs. Give a little bit of extra to the O's. It's plus 140 right now. You probably saw a nice little brawl that went down between the Angels and the Mariners. Typically, when you see these kind of things go down, it ignites a little fire for both clubs. But the Angels, man, the Angels cannot start a fire 
to help their life right now. They are very much struggling, but the Mariners are the team that's going to be catapulted by this. DraftKings Sportsbook Pick of the Week, Monday night. Give a run and a half to the Baltimore Orioles. That's going to be plus 140 for you in your pocket. I stand by that pick, Patrick. I think that's a that's a good one. What were your initial thoughts on this brawl between you got Jesse Winker, Anthony Rendon, JP Crawford, a couple guys kind of getting in, getting in on the mix. I don't know if you've broken it down thoroughly. I feel like with brawls, you have to watch it 10, 15 times to really and know. I feel like, yeah, I feel like this happened like really right before we started getting ready for this show. Um, I was surprised at how long it lasted. It felt like it was about to be over and then everything kind of reignited again. Uh, but you know that I love a baseball brawl. You know I have MLB Fight Club's Twitter with notifications on. So I can always know when there's a fight happening at any stadium. It's very important to me. As it should be. As it should yeah. be. Yeah, no. A it's lot very of important there. to my Philly heritage that I know everyone fighting, where it's happening, when, with whom. I need to make a spreadsheet for this. I need to to categorize all these brawl. Now, there's there's a difference between a brawl and the benches clearing, where you're you know you're just kind of talking and you're lackadaisically jogging out from the bullpen, whatever it is. But mm-hmm. look, if we're talking about brawls, we might as well touch on it now because I don't I don't know if we're going to see another one. The Rockies have been very very kind. They've been a very friendly organization uh, for about the last five years. I mean, Bud Black, he hardly even gets thrown out. I don't think he's been thrown out of a game yet this year. He's he's the least thrown outable manager in Rockies history. It just doesn't happen very much. They're, they're a kind club and a lot kinder since the last time we saw benches clear. And that, of course, was in April of 2018 when Nolan Arenado ran from foul pole to foul pole to try to chase down Luis Perdomo after having a pitch buzz behind him. He was he was none too pleased that day, was he? No, no. He was definitely fired up. I kind of miss that. I mean, I know don't like to dwell on the past and guys that we don't have on our team anymore, but I I low-key miss that. I like that passion. You miss that fire. Yeah, no, for sure. I miss that sure. fire, yeah. Yeah, he, he liked to use the word spicy when it comes to stuff like that. It's kind of why, or how earlier in the year, it might have even been a month ago, in that Mets-Cardinals uh, battle where a lot of guys had gotten hit. I, I tweeted out, you know what? If a ball even comes anywhere, you know, is, is thrown in the state of Missouri when Arenado's up at the plate, something may go down. And sure enough, something went down. And that's not any kind of real prognostication. It's just kind of knowing the pieces that are at play. And so, yeah, we haven't we haven't seen that much, you know, fight from them. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if if those kind of brawls, quote unquote, have just dwindled in general just over the, the, the course of, of baseball's lifespan with guys changing rosters all the time. And so you've got friends on the other yeah. side, you know, uh, I don't, I don't think there are, there's as much head hunting, you know, there might be just as much getting hit by a pitch, but a lot of that could be just guys being on the plate. They understand it's a part of the game. So I think it feels like brawls are down in general across the game. I think you brought up a really great point when it comes to guys who are friends with guys who are on the teams they're playing against. I We see so much of that. So it's like, how, how are you going to fight your bro like that? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it, it's very true. And it's it's this thing of, I'm not sure if you meant to do something or not. So you know what? I'll just wait and, and we'll text back and forth from the different, you know, clubhouses <laughs> to try to try to figure that out. And it's like, okay, no, he apologized. He said this. And so you're, you're, you're more likely to err on that side of caution and go, I'm going to give you a pass rather than, you cannot slight me in any way or else that's going to be 
a problem. I, I, I went back and I, I knew I had created some information somewhere about some real old school type brawls. And the one trend I noticed was Andres Galarraga. He liked to brawl a lot. He, he was a guy that was not afraid of a dust up 1993. A dust uh, up. <laughs> yeah, a brouhaha, if you will. I don't, do you have any other good uh, synonyms to describe it? A brawl? A, a tussle? Tussle. There's some ruckus going on. A ruckus? As well. <laughs> oh, yeah. But but in that inaugural season, you had Galarraga. Uh, Ramon Martinez threw a ball over to first base. Eric Karros did not catch it. It hit Andres Galarraga in the neck. And then Galarraga went to steal second base. He went up cleats high on the second baseman. Next pitch, Ramon Martinez plunked Charlie Hayes. Charlie Hayes runs to the mound. Night. That's the that's the first official brawl between Rockies and Dodgers. Next year, Darren Holmes, former Rockies pitching coach, plunks Geronimo Pena, father of current Astro shortstop Jeremy Pena, plunks him. Pena runs to the mound and straight up drop kicks Darren Holmes. That's just what it's called. I know that's a wrestling move, but that is what the move is called. 1997, Galarraga again gets plunked by Dennis Cook, and you have Marlins Rockies brawl. Uh, there was a benches clearing incident, not a brawl, bench clearing incident. It was a BCI, as it's called in the industry. A BCI. <laughs> we, we miss Brendan Vote right now. He would call me out for making up the language again. It was a BCI bench clearing <laughs> incident. Uh, Griffey had gotten plunked, and then the next day, they certainly did not forget about that. Elmer Dessens, Rocky's legend, I think he had like two starts maybe, uh, ends up plunking Larry Walker. And again, BCI, not a full-on brawl. Thank you but, for breaking this all down. Did you you just had this ready to go? Just that's it. You just, you never know when you're gonna you're gonna have to be ready with that. That's the importance of a spreadsheet. You think of something, you make the spreadsheet because you you never know. I made a huge spreadsheet on. I think it might have been Thursday night with uh, a guest we we might see later on this week. If if I'm uh, if I'm able to make it work, he did a good job of of Sherpaing me. And, and helping me through uh, some statistics on base running. That's why I was right there when we saw Connor Joe steal a base there in the fourth inning, his fourth of the year, most on the team. I don't know that you look at Connor Joe and say, this is the guy that's going to steal a ton of bases. But it was the first stolen base for the Rockies in a little over two weeks. Charlie Blackman, I think, stole a base in San Diego in, uh, in game one uh, of a doubleheader. And... Rockies have not stolen a base at home in Colorado since May 13. Sam Hilliard. That's wild, huh? That's forever ago. Okay, between not getting into fights and not stealing bases, I got to say, the Rockies are just too nice right now. A little bit. Yeah, they're a little stealing. Too nice. Yeah, the steal factor. They're not stealing things. Nice, <laughs> but not helpful on the on the win, win side. And then brawls. Hey, sometimes you, you got to protect your your brethren. Exactly. Yeah, Rockies actually have four stolen bases this season at home at Coors Field, and three of those came against the Dodgers on the opening weekend. So of all of their home dates, which, shoot, I don't know, might be about 37. Mm-hmm. I'm in the ballpark. 37 yeah. home, ga- home dates, two days, two games, two of those games, if you had gone to Coors Field. You saw a stolen base by the Rockies. That's it. Not great. And that That's was great. also just like right at the beginning of the season, right at the start, or right at the start of the hot start. 
Yep. Um, so we need to we need to bring this back. We need to bring back the trend. Reignite these guys. Definitely need to do that. Yeah, definitely need to do that. Uh, was it was it weird like watching and listening to Rockies and Twins where you're like, are, are these teams allowed to play each other? It just it's strange, right? Because you don't really think of these two clubs together in, in any way anyway. And I think that happens with a lot of the the AL teams, but some you see more than others, right? Texas uh, Rockies play have played the tech you know the Rangers a lot recently. You know, you've got Texas kids or obviously now we've got the John Gray connection, but a lot of players who've come from Texas, we know it's a hotbed for for you know amateurs and, and college players. So you know that there seems to be some kind of connection with them. The Astros a little bit for for the twins it's just kind of strange seeing those uh, two clubs together. Yeah, yeah. They don't play each other a lot. They've only played each other four times in franchise history. And this weekend was the first time since 2017. So it's been a little bit. And it, in general, it has been super rare. Yeah, of those four series that you mentioned in Minneapolis, one of them, only one, it's hard to say. Only one was at the Metrodome. Have you have you ever been to the Metrodome? I know you've been to Target Field no. in all 30, but not the Metrodome, huh? Never been to the Metrodome, no. I love Target Field, though. I think Target Field is definitely one of the best ballparks for sure. Yeah. No, it's it's so beautiful in that. Is, it's, uh, is it granite or is it limestone? I think it's limestone all throughout the ballpark, right? Limestone. Oh, gosh. I didn't, I didn't know I was supposed to be <laughs> rocking when I was there. <laughs> Yes. Go ahead, Allie. Cue the geology graphic that we have here all about rocks. <laughs> Maybe not. I mean, hey, we're a Rockies show, so I guess we probably should have a little bit about that. I'm, I'm very excited for the exclusive on Lion's Sandstone that we're going to be bringing late next week. Here, I'm just showing off the different types of stone that I'm aware of in this region. I actually got an ad on Instagram maybe earlier today, maybe yesterday um, for an app where you hold it up to a rock and it tells you what kind of rock it is. And I was like, is this a thing that people do like birding? So is this a thing that you do like birding? You go rocking? No, but I've been seeing that ad a lot recently and I did talk about it this weekend thoroughly. No! <laughs> now that's why I'm getting these ads. <laughs> It, it could be. Yeah, I went to this cool, uh, what's it called? I think it's called the Pooter Water Park. It's it's in Fort Collins, and it's it's this just beautiful location with a great bridge, and kids are in there, and people are, like, bodyboarding, you know, on the Cashville Pooter River. So it was kind of neat. And just seeing these, like, oh, that rock's a little redder. And I was like, I need an app for this. And sure enough, there's an app. Like, it's good for wildflowers. It's good for birds, though. You're not going to, like, hold up a bird to your phone. So it's a little bit different. You might need to do a little bit extra homework on that, but you're right. It's important to know. I'm going to double down and say it was definitely limestone there in Minnesota. Minnesota has got to reciprocate. They need to come to Colorado a little bit more. They've only been to Colorado twice. So six total series, four, as you pointed out in Minneapolis, two in Colorado, but with the balance schedule coming in 2023, we should see a little bit more of the twins. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm looking forward to next year just seeing more teams more often. I think that'll be fun. I think that'll be good for everyone. But yeah, how rude of Minnesota for not coming to visit us more. The I nerve. think so. The nerve. Yeah, well, you know who's not rude, Susie? Who's not rude? The associates at Lightshade. Oh! <laughs> they, not only do they love it when you come in, right? It's, it's good for business. That's what you're doing. That's your job. 
but they love explaining what's going on with their products, whether it's some cannabis concentrates, if, if we're talking just maybe flowers, right? Edibles, tinctures, whatever it is, they are going to give you a very good explanation so you can understand what you're getting and so that you get the right product for yourself. So head on down to any of their 11 Denver metro area locations. There's one not too far from the bar. In fact, off of 6th Ave, mention DNVR so you can get 25% off all non-sale items. And the folks over at Lightshade, Colorado's premier dispensary, let me point that out, they are going to put the right product in your hand so that, again, you're not just throwing your money away on something. It's going to make sense for you. And if, if you need something that makes sense, if you've got the munchies, it's definitely sexy pizza. Right now, they've got a special all throughout the Stanley Cup final. So if you're watching this live, this code DNVRAVS is going to work. You'll get 15% off any of their four Denver locations. There's one in Capitol Hill, Old South Pearl, Jefferson Park, Park Hill. If there's a if there's not a game seven and the Avs win, look, everyone's going to be excited. Everyone's going to be ecstatic. Coupon codes, you're not going to have to worry about that because it's just going to be a party in downtown Denver. But for a little while longer, DNVR Avs is going to save you 15% off on that made-from-scratch each-morning dough deck oven pizza. It's absolutely fantastic. Take it from us, the pizza snobs. It is delicious. And if you're in the southern part of the state, check out the location down in Trinidad, Colorado as well. We should mention our DraftKings Sportsbook king of the game. Everyone's already lit up in the in the chat here for the Avs. Love it. I think they're going to get tacos tonight. They are going to have seven goals. Yes. They are going to get it done. But our DraftKings Sportsbook king of the game, Connor Joe, goes two for four. He's our king. Double walk, two runs, and quite possibly the biggest stat of them all, a stolen base to get get the Rockies moving on the base path. That's so important just to even have that threat of a steal. So Connor Joe kind of doing a little bit of everything. And, you know, besides doing it on the base path and doing it at the plate, Sabre, the Society for American Baseball Research, another club in which Susie and I are members of, they recently released their defensive index where they actually help out Rawlings Gold Glove to award the Gold Gloves or at least to award the three finalists. They work with that. And they came out with their rankings uh, of all the regular starters and, and qualified players. And Connor Joe came up as the best defensive player for the Rockies in the National League, 10th best overall for the uh, Sabre defensive index indicator. 10th best out there in left field. I was, I have to admit, a little bit surprised to see his name on that list, not because he's been bad, but because he's not a natural left fielder. And, you know, you don't think of a a ton of diving type plays, but you do think of a lot of balls that, you know, are hitting to the gaps that last year, maybe it becomes a bit of a circus when you had Ryan Maltapia out there. But this year, definitely not a circus when Connor Joe's in left field. He's been really solid. You know what? And it's like, I can't think of anything like necessarily flashy that he's done out there. Like maybe some other guys have done, but I guess he's been solid. Now, um, maybe you can explain this better than I could even try to, but how exactly do they determine this index? What goes into this? Great question. And that is why we're going to have to have a guest on later this week to explain (laughs) Sabre defensive index. No, I don't really know. There's that's, I'm glad you brought that up though, because that's one of the areas in which I think in the public facing data, we don't really know 
how good players are defensively. Like we only have so many statistics and you know, what exactly does it mean? Like we think of an error as like, well, you made a mistake, right? And that's, that's bad. If you made more errors than somebody else, you're worse. Well, hold on. This player had way more opportunities than player B. So now let's look at fielding percentage. How many plays did you make? And then we'll, we'll weigh the errors against that. But if you don't get to a ball, right? If you're a left fielder and a ball drops between the center fielder and the left fielder, that's just a base hit. That's not a mark against you as to either you made the catch or you made an error. So you go, well, it's just, you couldn't get to that ball. Well, if you're not getting to baseballs, you're probably making less errors, which is going to maybe conflate or inflate your statistics to suggest you're doing very good defensively. So the front facing the public data that we have, I think is good, but it would be very interesting to know what kind of analytics all 30 MLB teams are using to try and figure out really who is the best defender. And it is a play-by-play basis too, right? And you Mm -hmm. look at sprint speed and the first step. Also, if a player's positioned really well, that's going to give him an, an advantage as to if he's going to make the play or not. So in many ways, you do have to take it with a, a grainer of salt because there's so much I think that those statistics can't really show us defensively. Um, I will say um, I loved getting an email from you a couple of days ago that said Sabre came out with this, but I didn't like their formatting. So I made some tweaks and made it better. <laughs> I did. I had to resort it. I had to put in their position so that you could have a ranking of, of all, you know, 250 or so players in each league. So it, it just had to be done. And so now I can sort it super nice and easy and, and just look at the Rockies players and, and see where they're at overall. Worst player defensively, I think is, is not a surprise because he's had his, you know, share of throwing errors from behind the plate. Elias Diaz. Jonathan Daza was a big surprising one for me where he was very much below average in center field, actually one of the worst defensively. Randall Gritchick too. Jose Iglesias, I think you can you can kind of see that he does make some nice dazzling plays, has a little bit of flair overall, but uh, I was a bit surprised to see how low he was. Kind of on the high side though, Brendan Rodgers. I think he also may have been considered a top 25 guy. So he had some, he's had struggles at times. Uh, I think he has seven errors, so, you know, not great. We've also seen some some really good, those great plays defensively. We have seen, and we, we definitely can bring up uh, in, in the back of our minds there. So he's been a little bit better, I think, than some of the defensive metrics have shown overall. So I think that's that's a little bit promising, and it'll be something we keep, keep our eye on going forward. Yeah, and also you mentioned Brendan Rodgers. Um, you know, even when he was slumping, for the most part, defensively, he was still pretty good. We got to remember that. Absolutely. I agree. And before, before we have a little bit more fun, before we try to more end fun, we're, we can have note. more fun than talking about a spreadsheet, Patrick, get out of here. <laughs> In my book. I mean, there is nothing more fun, but for most people. So that's the thing. Since most people aren't digging on the spreadsheets, we're, we're going to pivot to non spreadsheet content, non spreadsheet content. N S C. That's right. That is what it's called. By the way, I will share with you the spreadsheet of all my lingo and all, and all my acronyms, and, and that's one of them. So I'm glad you actually uh, you know that. I allow you to, to sort it in various ways, you know, alphabetically, also by the date in which I first created this term. It's fantastic. But the date that we got to talk about this past week, if you didn't see it on social media, what's well, not a huge thing to blow up about, but it's definitely something worth mentioning because we're proud of our guys. We're proud of our, our pebbles 
the young Rockies, because the Fresno Grizzlies, despite the fact the Yardworks couldn't get it done, the Fresno Grizzlies did get it done. Yes, congratulations to the Fresno Grizzlies. They have clinched the first half in the Cal League. So for the second straight season, the Fresno Grizzlies are heading back to playoffs. So that's a good sign for our for our little pebbles out there, our future yard goats. Yeah, Hunter Goodman, Adeo Amador, Warming Bertabell, Yankee El Fernandez, you know, that, that pitching staff uh, highlighted by uh, Mason Green. Like, they, they've been doing a, a fantastic job. And I also thought I – didn't, I didn't make a spreadsheet for this, but I did find it interesting that if you include, like, uh, special specialty promos um, that you might have in the minor leagues where, as we saw Robinson Cano wearing a SpongeBob SquarePants jersey or certain yeah. holidays, which I've got a 4th of July Hartford Yard Goats style hat on, the Grizzlies have 10 different uniforms this year. I didn't realize they had so many different uniforms. That feels like so many. But between, you know, their alternates, their promos, yeah, 10 of them. All with very varying degrees of success. And I could have sworn they had like a purple version that came out. But uh, when, when, you, when you look at the list, there's the red, there's the beige, black and gold, gray, the Fresno Tacos. I think that's the one that has that, that little bit of purple in it that they've added. Lowriders, D Fresno, which already was purple, Fresno Growers, uh, Fresno Tigers, and then just one that's called Red Pants, which is the red jersey with red pants. Um, there's there's nothing for the the purple. So I don't know if it's a supply chain thing, but eventually we'll start to get a lot more Fresno Grizzly purple paraphernalia, which will be fun. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite of the Fresno Grizzly? jerseys oh so jerseys i feel like i don't know quite as well because i i really just focus on the hats oh that's kind of uh, that's how i just think of it as is is more of that than the jersey i think the black and gold looks really sharp yeah again doesn't doesn't say you know rockies at all but just as a jersey it looks really great the red jersey with the red pants is on another level but if we're just talking hats I mean, any of the tacos ones, I, I would go with just because that's that's literally, literally, folks, the originator of the food identity, Fresno tacos. They were the first ones to just say, look, let's just we're known for our taco trucks. Like, let's just put a taco on our hat. It's the minor leagues. Let's not take ourselves seriously. It was a huge success. And then everyone goes, OK, what food do we eat? Guys, what are you guys eating? Let's put that on a hat. Yes, we're going to put that on a hat now. But Fresno was the first one who took that leap of faith. So. Got to give them a shout out. Fresno that's, Tacos, that's, yeah. my, that's my top one. It definitely changed the world of minor league baseball. It took it from already pretty absurd and ridiculous to even more absurd and ridiculous. Love and that. now all the most absurd foods get a little, a little attention from some minor league team. Well, Susie, I think it's time for you to take us from a little bit absurd to a lot of absurd right now. Yeah. We need to laugh. I- I think so. So we're going to peep some tweets today. And I'm super excited because, you know, a lot of weird stuff has happened over the weekend. Um, But we're going to start with, okay, so there's one team that no matter what the Rockies are doing, the Cincinnati Reds always make me feel better because they're always doing something even more ridiculous or worse. So uh, the Reds playing the Giants, they got these fam shirts. The Cincinnati Reds are tweeting them out, of course, because the the feud that will never die, the feud between Jock Peterson and Tommy Pham, the slap heard around the world, 
So yeah, they all the whole team wore these, and a company is selling these shirts too. So I don't know. What do you think? Is this a is this a W or is this an L, Patrick? It's more of an L than a W, only because they were the aggressor, right? If you're the victim, I think yeah. you can kind of try to take some of that power back. And so the Giants, of course, did that. And I was curious. I was like, are the Reds going to do it? And and so look, it's still fun, and 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 maybe maybe Jock is okay with it. You just it is hard to just think of them kind of glorifying a, a slap because for those who are right. not watching on YouTube, shame on you. But head on over to the DMVR Sports Channel. It's it looks like the Batman, you know, wham, uh, all those uh, the the onomatopoeia, right? That's what it's called. So yes, it yes, says it fam, is. It says fam right across. So it actually looks really sharp. I will say that the colors and everything look. Fantastic. Great design, but more of a loss than a win, but I'm okay. I, I hadn't actually seen this. I think it's it's as tasteful as you can be given the circumstance. I think it's a cool shirt when you remove it from the situation, but the situation right. exists. I'm surprised that the Reds Twitter account is like, you know what? We're going to celebrate this time where one of our guys assaulted an opposing player for, like, honestly, no reason. Great point. And I, and again, I, I, I'm guessing the rebuttal is, yeah, but Susie, they made a shirt. So what we're actually doing is responding to the shirt, not responding to the incident. But those two things are still linked, which is why I agree with you. I'm doing yeah. the devil's advocate thing, right? Yeah. Where I'm saying that you go, because I think that's the thought process. Like, no, no, I'm responding to the thing, not the original thing. But all of those, all, all of those events have a through line and you yes. can't, you can't escape that. So Unfortunately, in the world that we live in, where we know sometimes things can be fair but not equal, that's going to be the phrase for the month of June here. <laughs> we get a few more days before uh, we officially wear it out. You know, you, yeah, you, you've got to stay away from that. So, not great. And it keeps it going, too, in the wrong way, too, right? It, it, it stays in the zeitgeist a little bit more so. And now you got to, it begs the question, you know, are, are you going to use that as a verb and say, ah, this guy got fammed? Or throwing a couple fams around in the Seattle, Los Angeles Angels brawl, you know, and it's like ah, this thing is is going on and on. And so, look, the Reds can't necessarily be responsible for that if it continues to have this life, but they do, you know, have some control over whether or not they they glorify it and respond. They did, okay. At least they're supporting Tommy Fan, who's who's had Tommy Fan, who's had trouble getting that support from teammates in the past. So maybe there's there's that silver lining, so to speak. Maybe. Yeah, you know, it is great to see teammates supporting one another, but like, I feel like you kind of got to pick and choose. Yeah, it's true. The things that you're going to blow up and the things that you're just going to be like, hey, I got your back, but like. You got to let it slide too sometimes, right? <laughs> yeah. Very interesting stuff. The Reds have just been, um, you know, very interesting to say the least. Reds will Reds. No shortage of entertainment for sure. All right. So the next thing, so we've talked about position players pitching a little bit. I love this though. So a Cubs pitcher had always wanted to step into the batter's box. Finally got the chance. David Robertson got to, uh, got to swing a bat for the first time in his entire career after 14 seasons and was just having an absolute blast. So this just looked like so much fun to me. Um, but yeah, um, position player 
throwing pitches. There was a total blowout of a game already. He was having a blast. He struck out. He was laughing. But our friends at CHGO Cubs said, David Robertson smiles like Luke Stuckmeyer if the game ends in under three hours. And I was like, we can relate to that for sure. There you go. I love that. Yeah, he he struck out on a, on a very slow pitch, and he said you could read his lips. He's like, I, I was I wasn't not gonna swing. Like I gotta yeah. shoot my shot here. Now, do you know who was pitching to him? Who was pitching to him, Patrick? Infielder for the Pittsburgh Pirates, Diego Castillo. So you had a position player yep. pitching who shouldn't be and and typically doesn't to a relief pitcher who is hitting who shouldn't be and typically doesn't. So I thought that was also really fitting for the whole scenario too. I, I really love that moment. That was one of my favorites of the week besides Freddie Freeman crying. Yeah. For days straight, Let's which talk I, about, I like. you know what? Um, I appreciate Freddie Freeman having emotions, having feelings and letting us know that he has feelings. He's a human being. He is. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a great guy. You got to root for him. So yeah. I, I understand some of the weirdness of, uh, I've heard some people come out and, and just make comments about like, Hey, you know, Atlanta fans, like what, why are we, this guy's on another team. Like he signed with somebody else. And, okay. That's fine. But come on, let's, let's not lose sight of this. It, they, they're honoring a guy who's been pivotal in their franchise's history. And, and that's the, the greeting and the welcome that he deserves. So that's, that's Absolutely. been really nice to watch as well. Absolutely. And we'll, we'll see him again at Coors Field. Probably by the time a lot of people are listening to this podcast. All right, we've got another tweet. So, of course, the Rockies got some national attention on Saturday night. They were on Fox Sports. Um, but this was a great matchup. Cotton versus Joe. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from? Cotton versus Joe. I have actually gotten Jarrell Cotton's autograph back when he was a big minor league prospect. No way. The with the Dodgers, yes. And well, he wasn't a huge one, but I was kind of a of a fan. I was in like I was in a dynasty uh, league, and I don't think I had him on my team. But you know, I, I scouted the prospects, and I'm like, well, he's a good depth piece. And I go, oh, could you uh, sign on the sweet spot? And he kind of looked at me like me, like I. Like I'm not a sweet spot guy. I'm not that big of a deal, but he did it. And he was, he was really nice. So Jarrell Cotton, big shout out to him. He's bounced around a little bit. And, uh, and Connor Joe, another one of those great guys. Do you so, do all of your dynasty league scouting in person, Patrick? I used to, I used to do some. Yep. I used to do some of that, uh, in person. Cause you gotta know, you, you know what I mean? So you, yeah, that, uh, I was plenty obsessed in that league, dominated it way too quickly, way too soon. And, it didn't become a challenge. And I said, here's an even better challenge. What if I did it on a full scale level uh, in Denver covering a sports team and kind of gave my takes like that? So that's what I decided to do. So, hey, you win your fantasy league. We might have a spot here for you at DNVR Sports. It's true. You know what? I'm just going to put this out there. Anyone who wins their fantasy leagues, like send us your lineups and send us your rosters. And we, we should actually like talk about everyone's fantasy league successes and failures at the end of the season because you'll know we'll need off-season content and add us to the chat because we hear it's always popping off especially oh, yes. if there's like a hundred thousand dollar prize at the end of the year and with a ten thousand dollar buy-in because sometimes <laughs> some trash can be talked and so add us to the chats as well please do please do all right so we got one more important tweet to get to 
because there was a very special birthday celebration for one of the Rockies. <laughs> Daniel Bard turned 37 on Saturday and and his teammates celebrated by leaving a wheelchair at his locker. <laughs> that is amazing. That is uh, so good. My teammates love me is, was his caption there. Yes. Very happy for Daniel Bard, though. He's been having a great season despite his elderly age of 37. But glad That's to it. see the guys have a little bit of fun out there in Minnesota. I would say he's a modern-day Jamie Moyer but he would have to continue playing for 12 more years, folks. 12. Jamie Moyer is just, he's unhinged. He's wild. Unhinged. Well, we'll see what we get out of Daniel Bard. That's it. Hopefully he's not unhinged this week. We'll uh, we'll be live on Monday, of course, on the DNVR Sports Channel on YouTube. Got the Dodgers in town for three. Day off on Thursday. And then, of course, some 4th of July celebration a little bit early. I think there's fireworks on Friday and Saturday night against the Arizona Diamondbacks. So that might be the right club you want to be playing against on a fireworks night so that you leave an even more of a positive, lasting image for the fans. Because if they want to stick around for the fireworks, you don't you don't want them to have to stick around in a 14-2 kind of game. And Randall Gritchick is on the mound for a couple laughs, but at the end of the day, not fun. So Diamondbacks coming in at the right time, and, and the Rockies start 17 consecutive games against NL West opponents. The season is on the line, and it starts on Monday. No two ways about it. We'll have it all covered on Twitter, at DNVR underscore Rockies. Make sure you're subscribed to the DNVR.com. Now only 50 cents for your first month. I'm at Patrick D. Lyons on Twitter. I am at the Susie Hunter on all platforms. And hopefully we've got some momentum going for the Colorado Avalanche. Who will get the job done? You'll know this by the time you're listening to it. Go Avs, go. But you know what they say truly about momentum? It's only as good as your next show. So we'll talk to you then. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 